You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But, John, we do four stock up and four stock down to recap the game. Um, so I'll start with you, as I always do. I defer to the Hall of Famer. What is your first stock up for this game? Well, it would have to be running back Damian Pierce. My God, they didn't give. Rex bleeping Burkhead the ball. That was great. You know, I wonder what got into Pep Hamilton in the first game where he thought he had to give Burkhead the ball more than Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce didn't get enough carries, 15 for 69, 4.6. His long run was 12. He ran with authority and he broke broke a lot of tackles. Yeah, he he looked he looked really good. I, I yeah, I, they've got to be looking back at that game last week on what were we thinking? Like what what? And yet still, Burkhead. I I don't expect Burkhead to not play at all because you can't let Damian Pierce have the lion's share of the carries. And honestly, John, if this team is going to be this bad offensively, it means they probably aren't going to be very good overall for the season. And you know my feelings on Pierce. I don't need Damian Pierce getting two hundred and fifty carries in a year where the Texans are going four twelve and one. You know, like I don't need them burning his burning his odometer up like that. <laughs> yeah, give if they're out of the race, give all the carries to Burkhead. Absolutely, put him put him in one of those frozen tubes and keep him till next year. They, that that's it. Bubble wrap, bubble wrap for Damian Pierce. No, that's a good one, um, John. I'm gonna my my um my first stock up is gonna be the Texans' pass defense. They held Russell Wilson today to one of his worst days as a pro. Maybe not yardage-wise. He wound up with 219 yards, um, but he was 14 to 31. There were a few drops in there, but not enough to where you could say, oh, if there weren't those drops, Russell Wilson's completing 70% of his passes. I thought overall the pass defense was pretty good. It was a rough day for Stingley. Maybe his name gets mentioned here somewhere along the way and stock up, stock down. I think Steven Nelson's been pretty solid for this team through two games um he's he's made some plays he had a pass breakup today um so i think overall i like what the defense did against uh against russell wills overall i like the defense has played well enough i know they gave up 500 yards to the colts but the defense by and large has done enough to win both of these games especially today i thought they did enough to win the game um but the offense has been terrible so my first stock up is the overall the pass defense for the texans and the job they did on russell wilson you ready for my next? Up? I'm ready for your next one, John. Your next stock up. What's your next stock up? Rasheem Green. He didn't play in the first game. He came over from Seattle because they went to a three-man front. 
They didn't think it was for him. He plays in, he moves inside. He had one and a half sacks. I saw him make a good tackle. Flush Russell Wilson a couple of times, getting him to throw the ball away. And so they they didn't get a lot of sacks, but they got pressure on Wilson for the most part, other than in the fourth quarter. You know, they're struggling in the fourth quarter. I don't know if it's because they're on the field too long, but the defense plays well, and then it doesn't. And uh, a couple of times in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson had too much time, made big time plays down the field. But I thought Green being their leading sacker in his first game that bodes well for the future. Yep. Green had a sack. Jonathan Grenard had his first sack of the season too. That was good to see. We had him on the post game show today and he, uh, he was, uh, he, he was, he was kind of somber just given the fact that they coughed up an opportunity for a victory again for the second week in a row. I'm, I'm with you on Rasheem Green. All right. Last one for stock up. I'm going to go with a guy who probably didn't know that he was going to be starting until earlier this week. But we didn't hear his name very much today, and that's a good thing. When you play center, we don't want to hear your name very much. Snap the ball, get it back to Davis Mills or whoever's playing quarterback and let him do whatever it is they need to do. And that's Scott Quesenberry. Quesenberry um, substituting for Justin Britt, who I guess hopefully we'll find out more information about where Justin Britt is at. Honestly, John, I don't know what's going on with Justin Britt, but if Justin Britt is going to wind up not playing football for this team anymore, I'm 1,000% cool with that. And it's not because I think Scott Quesenberry is the future or anything like that, but Justin Britt had not been playing well. He's always hurt. And Quesenberry, there's, you know, he's he's got some experience. He's healthy. Um, and I thought today, you know, that look, that when, when they were getting pressure on Davis Mills, it wasn't up the middle. The pressure was coming from off the edge today, particularly Randy Gregory was getting uh, was wreaking some havoc in the pocket. So I haven't rewatched the game or anything like that yet, John, but I was not I didn't find myself at any point during the game going, oh, there goes Quesenberry blowing that play right there. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that because the 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 pass rush was not coming from up the middle, they started to do some things running the ball between the tackles with Damian Pierce. I'm giving Scott Quesenberry a uh, a, a a thumbs up. Uh, for his uh, yeoman's work today coming in for Justin Britt. Yeah, he's a five-year veteran. He's one of the younger brothers of David Quisenberry, the former Texan who beat leukemia. And uh, he's he's been in the league five years. He said that was his 11th start, and he started every game in preseason because they kept Britt out. I wondered last week if Justin Britt's contemplating retirement because he didn't play well in that first game, and he talked about it on Monday. Now, you hope it's not anything wrong with some an illness in the family, and uh, I. but we don't know what it is. Hopefully, whatever it is, they'll let us know. But I thought Quisenberry played pretty darn well for a guy in that situation. But remember, he got a lot of rapport in preseason and offseason working with Davis Mills. They hadn't had any bad snaps, uh, as far as I know. It was a smooth operation. John, what do you think? We talk more about this maybe when we when we do one of our podcasts later this week and we find out exactly what's going on with Justin Britt. But do you, is there if he, if he does decide to walk away and that's just it, he just decides this isn't for me anymore, is that something the team should have sniffed out a little bit better or been cognizant of before re-signing him and bringing him back, given the criticality of the position that he plays when you're trying to develop a young quarterback? Well, I don't, if that's the case, I wouldn't imagine they had any – inkling that he would be in that situation. I don't think he had any inkling that he's going to play as bad as he did in that first game. And they kept him out of preseason to protect. He's He had a – remember the last OTA, he limped off, and I wondered if it was his knee, and they saw, no, it was his foot 
or his ankle. And he's a big guy. You know, he's mm -hmm. bigger than most centers, six six, and he's had a lot of problems with his wheels. And if he's going to retire, then more power to him. I just hope he's not had to take off because of some uh, matter in his family. Yep, I agree with that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, John McClain, Sean Pendergast. It's the Utopia Football Podcast. Let's uh, Let's get to the... Stock down, John. Four stock down. Plenty of candidates for that. The honors are yours, my friend. I got to start with Davis Mills. I thought he was terrible. 50% completion, 177 yards. In fairness to him, Brandon Cook should have had a touchdown catch on the last after Christian Kirksey intercepted. Wilson made a great play taking a ball down the field. They were playing to Tampa two where the middle linebacker drops deep and he made, took it away from Sutton and they get down and they get first and goal at the four. Pierce loses two. Cooks drops ball and it's incomplete. Their inability to score in the red zone is amazing. You know how many times they've been in the red zone in two games? Uh, not many. Two times. Yeah. You know who was the leading uh, – who had the highest red zone rating in the NFL last year? That I do know. It was Davis Mills, yeah. And it, and they're one of two. It would help if they get in the red zone. Their offense has been awful with Pep Hamilton. And, and, and I don't know if it's Pep, if it's Mills, but this is not the same quarterback we saw at the end of last season. He was decent in his first game. He had two bad quarters. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, no interceptions in this one. But, Sean, he was off target. He and his receivers, they had a couple of communication issues. He had others where he overthrew them, underthrew them. He is not sharp. He's not the quarterback we saw at the end of last season. John, I'll take it a step further and say that he, he doesn't look poised late in these games. You know, it's one thing to be – it's one thing to be off on a communication error. It's one thing to be sailing throws throughout the game or whatever. And and you just cited that those are and those those are all those are things that are all happening with Davis Mills. He looks like in the second half of these games, he's got happy feet in the pocket. He's the one sack that Titus Howard gave up to Randy Gregory. It was not a great play by Titus, but that's a play you know. And Clint Sterner said this on the post game show. He's a former quarterback, so I'll take his word for it. That's a play where, yeah, it wasn't blocked perfectly by Titus, but a, an average quarterback slides up in the pocket two feet and is able to buy himself a little extra time, and you're not getting sacked in that situation. John, the thing, little things like they get the ball back with 50 seconds left in the game, no timeouts. I, I fully was not expecting Davis Mills to drive down and get a touchdown. Don't get me wrong. But the first pass he throws is a three-yard pass to Brevin Jordan, who gets tackled inbounds. Should have thrown it incomplete. Yeah, and then he's – well, John, then, then he's taking 30 seconds to get to the line of scrimmage like it's the middle of the third quarter. Like, those are things that just bother me, like just just a complete lack of awareness of the of the situation. And and if Davis, Davis Mills is not a quarterback who's going to go make up for it by 
by making athletic plays that are off script. You know what I mean? Like he's not a guy who can make up for missing open receivers with a 30 yard run or anything like that. Like, Hey, how about that 16 yard run? He had that got wiped out because of a penalty. Well, I'm going to segue to that in a second because we still got three stock downs left to do, but, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, look, he, he, he may have had one there, but you, you know what I mean in general? Like he's not an improviser. Yeah. That's, that's not his deal. And I'm wondering how much is it coaching and how much is it him? Cause right now, Tim Kelly looks pretty good. Well, and I'm wondering too, like, okay, at what point, like how much, like if this is the Davis Mill, John, if this is the Davis Mills we're getting through for, through two games, they're going to be drafting a quarterback after the season, right? Like if we're absolutely, yeah, like this, the, the, there's no way that this version of 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 Davis Mills uh, is is going to cause. I would hope is going to cause them to to pass on a quarterback in the draft. So, um, so Davis Mills first stock down. My first stock down. I'll stick with what you were just talking about, John. Laramie Tunsil. And I'll throw Titus Howard in there, too. I know I just gave Titus a, a semi-pass on the sack by Randy Gregory, but the tackles have not been great so far this year. Titus had a killer pro football focus grade last week for some reason. I have no idea. He finished with the best grade for any tackle in football last week, and I'm going, okay, you know, for a team that averaged three yards a carry, and oh, by the way, this, the game-changing strip sack happened on, tight, uh, happened on Laramie's side of the field. Laramie Tunsil wound up with the number one grade on PFF last week. I doubt it'll be that way this week. The hold that he had on the play you're talking about, John, was a, I'm not going to say it was a game changer, but it definitely was something that affected the flow of this football game. That was the Texans would have had first and goal at the nine yard line. As you pointed out, they don't get down in that part of the field very often. And who knows, maybe with the way they were feeding Damian Pierce at that point in the game, maybe Pierce is able to punch that one in instead the ball gets backed up and I forget how that whole drive wound up playing out, but I just remember, I remember putting in bold. I think they wound up kicking a field goal on that drive. Um, but I just remember putting in bold that that Laramie Tunsil hold early in the game is a, that that's a, that's a tough one right there. So I'm going to throw Tunsil on my stock Tunsil in the tackle, really Titus and Tunsil in general, they're supposed to be the linchpins on this offensive line. And thus far the offensive line has not played well, uh, so far this season. Shocking. What what do you think about Driscoll coming in on the third 16? What do you think happened there, John? Did anybody ask Lovey about that in the post game? I don't think so. I was listening to it on their YouTube channel. I didn't hear it, but putting him out there, and this was speculated on by James Lofton that maybe they were hoping he could run for five yards and put him in better field goal position and then they put Mills back and he throws a short pass and for five you know, yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they look, they look, they look pretty foolish on that. And if it, if it wasn't for Nathaniel Hackett looking more foolish, I think more, we would have spent more time talking about that. And we'll certainly ask Lovey Smith about it tomorrow. Yep. All right. What's your next stock down, John? We got two more to go. Derek Stingley Jr. While he made some good plays, Cortland Sutton just wore him out. And uh, he made uh, the one play where we thought it was a touchdown where he got beat. Sutton was out of bounds. He came back and he knocked one away. And this will be part of his learning process. He'll get better because Sutton's a good receiver. But uh, I thought Stingley had a really tough game. Yeah, I. That's it's funny. you. I, I had Stingley in my stock downs as well, just jotting him down here because of the performance in that game. And yet still I saw some things in that game that reminded me why they took him with the third oh, overall yeah, pick, yeah. you know, 
Um, he had the, the really his two pass breakups. So you mentioned the one right after they overturned that touchdown and they reversed that call. They went right back at him and he was able to break that pass up. Uh, there was a pass out in the flat where he came in and undercut Sutton uh, at the knees on that on that play out in the open field. Um, there, there's still definitely enough with Stingley where I'm really excited about him. But today was a baptism. He got baptized today, John. It says a lot about Stephen Nelson, who's a journeyman with his fourth team in seven, eight years or whatever he's in the league, that they would go after the third overall pick in the draft instead of Nelson. Yeah, Nelson's been good so far this year. I think that's been a good pickup by the Texans for sure. Um, my last one is um, Lovey Smith game management late in the half. Uh, you know, you're the Texans. You don't get many opportunities to get the football back and go get, go get some points. And you're in Denver where the air is pretty thin and you've got a kicker who you're paying $4 million a year to, to be able to kick field goals of more than 50, 55, maybe even approaching 60 yards. And Lovey Smith just let the clock bleed down without using timeouts. In fact, both coaches, I was shocked at the way they handled the end of the half. Um, the Broncos got the ball back with about 20, maybe 20 seconds left in the half, something like that with all three timeouts left. And you're paying your quarterback $245 million. I, I was shocked. They took a knee, John, the Broncos, they were doing the Texans a, a favor at that point. It's not like you got to worry about Russell Wilson doing something stupid with the football. Uh, you know, so I was really at stock down on both coaches, but we focus on the Texans on here. And I was just. I was aghast at the way Lovey handled the end of that half, in part because throughout the preseason, that was actually a strength. You know, I didn't know much about Lovey and game management, even though he'd coached many years in Chicago and a couple years in Tampa. I never watched those teams really close enough to where I had a strong opinion on his game management. And he was doing things in the preseason where I said, okay, well, this is good. This definitely ain't David Cully. And then I'm watching the clock bleed down with two timeouts still on the ledger and both teams walking into the locker room. And I'm going, OK, well, that felt a little cullyish to me. So Lovey Smith stocked down on game management at the end of the half. You never want to go into the dressing room with timeouts in your pocket. No, no, not at all. All right. So those are our four stock up and four stock down following the 16 to nine loss.